Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This is the Game by Show podcast. Today is September the 10th, 2017. My name is Legrand Jolly, and I am joined with Jeremy Lamont. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, hey, Legrand. Hey, everybody. How's it going? All right. And in his traditional brown shirt, Dale Jones. Hello, Dale. How are you? That's right. This is the traditional uh, brown shirt of the uh, half-assed Firefly fan club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like the the TJ Maxx clearance cosplay convention. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Yeah. Sweet. Well, it's it looks great on you. You, you do really... you do kind of have that uh, that Jane that Adam Baldwin look going on, kind of that. Like I wouldn't mess. Oh with yeah. It. Yeah, I kind of got a little bit of a scruffy beard here. That's right. Dale, Dales are heavy. Yeah, because there's, there's there's no time to shave in the wasteland. You know what I mean? Right. Or wherever those guys are. In the space. When you're out space pirating, you know, you can't do that. That's true. So what, what's what's up, guys? It's uh, it's Sunday. What's new? Anything well, new? Uh, I'm, I've been in my house because I'm afraid to go outside because there's just all hell uh, is breaking loose out there. There's fires in the mm. western U.S. Uh, a bunch of us are underwater. Uh, and in the meantime, Pokemon Go is still like, hey, there's legendary Pokemon out there. Go get them. I wonder if Jared's okay. He's okay, right? He lives in Texas. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that whole thing is submerge right now well i haven't heard from jared for a while so hopefully he made it out okay <laughs> i had a lot of uh like a like like dad stuff going on this weekend i uh replaced the um a, a headlight and parking light in my car i uh, built a big shelf and i rescreened three windows today whoa and uh yeah managed to get in a Man. little bit of games in between all of it too so that testosterone supplement is uh mm-hmm. doing you doing right by you I had soccer game and two football games on Saturday, and then we went and saw the movie It, uh, was which it? is pretty good. It yeah. was good. It was, um, I guess they're describing it on the internet as a rated R sandlot. In a lot of ways, it's it's a very accurate description of that. <laughs> Sounds about right. It's, wow. a, it's, like, it's like a coming-of-age tale. Um, Nostalgic really for like the '50s sort of thing. Like at least the at least it was. I don't. Maybe this it is. Nostalgic this one for took the 80s. place in the '80s, like okay. '88, yeah. '89 yeah, time yeah. frame. Uh, but it's uh, yeah. It, it was actually a really really good movie overall. Like usually you picture like um, horror movies are just kind of terrible, you know. Like generally speaking, aside from the suspense and you know the gore, they're right. just kind of dumb. Right. But this one had really good writing. The acting was phenomenal, and uh, couple that with some really scary sequences, and you get a pretty, actually, a good movie if you're into the horror genre. Just a good movie overall. I know? wonder if it was associated in any way with the people who did the Dark Tower. You know, because this is part of the Stephen King cinematic universe, right? I mean, are they, are they doing? I heard that, that like what Dark Tower or like Dark Tower, It, and Salem's Lot or something. Yeah, or like, like all of it, of like all of all of uh, Stephen King's stuff. It's like all related, and I think the Dark Tower is sort of like. Well, they all the, take place in Maine, right? Well, the idea, the, like Beautiful the dark. You know the thing and... about the Dark Tower, right? There's like the darkness and stuff. It's kind of like Destiny. Really. So I have read all of the Dark Tower, and and yeah, I can vouch for this. It's the Dark Tower is is supposedly like the nexus of it's all the, the hub various worlds. through which all of these spokes, like it exactly. and Children of the Corn, and like all of this stuff. Because if you have something that's like, hey, there's evil out there. Evil is coming into that's our world. Exactly like, than anything. Right. It just so even like everything. the stand and and like a bunch of you know other Stephen King stuff all folds into the to the Dark Tower is like sort of his meta narrative for the rest of his stuff. Did y'all ever read the stand? Did yes. you read the stand? Yeah, that's no. a very good book. I like that. Was a lot. good book, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's maybe. I, I know that. the song Stand by Me. Is that related? Sort no, of. but he, he the movie is based on. One of his books. Yeah, the, it's uh, based on a story of his the body, book, the body or something. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to start a fan project to try and unify non-Stephen King stuff into the Stephen King cinematic universe. So like Jaws is going to be related to. That's Dark probably Tower somehow, actually like... going to happen in about a hundred years because yeah. you, you know you know about like the <laughs> the Lovecraftian like Cthulhu mythos, right? And so like well, pretty pretty soon, even I think maybe during the time when Lovecraft was alive, people were contributing to his it was like maybe one of the first big like shared universes in modern literature where he encouraged people to contribute stories to uh you know his twisted world of like the the old gods and and whatnot well the care bears Um, for real are going to be part of the darkness uh that's canon now but i I would be willing to bet that a bunch of people are going to be doing that for stephen king stuff at some point Maybe maybe they're not now because you know 
copyright or whatever. I'm glad I'll be dead. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Did we well. Oh, there he is. Let's get started with some news. That's what we do on Sundays. Yeah, that's right. So it is the top of the week. We are going to start with the news of this past week. And the biggest news of this week, of course, has been the release of Destiny 2 and uh, what has come of that. Uh, first off, it's pretty popular. Uh, Bungie tweeted a little bit earlier this weekend that 1.2 million concurrent players across all platforms, meaning basically Xbox One and PlayStation 4, uh, were playing. This is, I guess, opening weekend, I suppose, uh, for the game. And uh, is, is it? It came out last, what, Tuesday? Monday? Monday? It was the 6th, officially, which was Wednesday. So Tuesday you could have had it, right? Tuesday night. Got it. So for opening weekend, 1.2 million people playing Destiny 2. Uh, pretty pretty good. Pretty good for the first weekend. Uh, and incidentally, that doesn't include PC, which will probably be 2 million. I bet everyone plays it on PC, which is probably the best place to play a it. A number of people will be playing it, but they won't be playing it on their PlayStation Vitas, so too bad for them. I think a lot of the... Probably... Uh, some good portion of the PC Destiny player base will also have it on console. They'll just be double dipping, right? Which is so weird. Like, like I, I understand that even less than just getting it on PC. Uh, uh, but well, actually, because technically- you, you don't want to wait. Like I have it. My, well, my kid has it, but I'm going to fire it up and play some just because mm. I want to argue with Jeremy about it on Wednesday yeah. or tonight. I don't know. Well, uh, for the record, I've already played it on my PC via remote play, so uh, that is a thing for me, too. I'm with you guys. Have you played it with your mouse and keyboard? Uh, no. At, at high resolution? Equipment? Heck no. Not only no, but heck no. Um, incidentally, on in the world of the PC, PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds actually did clock in 1 million concurrent users as well. So, um, you know, there's, there's definitely people playing on PC, too. Um, and before the game is even released on PC, it doesn't actually come out on PC until October 24th, the first expansion for Destiny 2 has already appeared on the Microsoft storefront. Um, it's unclear whether this was originally intentional, unintentional, a leak, or what, uh, but this first expansion, Curse of Osiris, will feature new story missions and adventures set on the planet Mercury. Uh, up until this point, Mercury was only playable in the Lighthouse uh, social area, which was only available to the elite of the elite. Uh, of course, I never made it there, but I'm sure it was a nice place to visit. Um, it will deal with the original warlock, quote-unquote. Osiris is, I guess, the first warlock, I suppose, as far as Guardians go, and uh, hmm. his greatest student, Ikora Ray, according to the listing. Yeah, she's uh, the uh, warlock vanguard. Correct, exactly. Yep, she's the bald lady. Uh, Players will explore the mysterious infinite forest, uh, earn new weapons, armor, and gear. Okay, does Dale just know this, or is he, like, reading something right now? I play a warlock in Destiny. And you remember You know who your vanguard is. Yeah, you know who your vanguard is. Well, there's Zavala and uh, Cade Cade. Six, the... What's his face? Mal Reynolds. Nathan Fillion. Those three are the vanguards. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I, I know. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so uh, the the uh, story will uh, revolve around saving Osiris from the robotic alien Vex, according to Kotaku. Uh, there will also be new cooperative activities, whatever that means, as well as new competitive multiplayer arenas. Um, the price of that is probably going to be the standard $30. Um, I think. No, it was like, tw- isn't it 20 It's 20 a piece. Or you can get the expansion pack pass for 35 I think is the way that works. Um, and so are, is this going to be like your standard expansion? Because Destiny 1 had like two smaller like DLC add-ons, and then they had like their full boxed, you know, Yeah, they, they the had the Dark Below, was. which was okay. That was like the Crota, I think. House of Wolves or something? Uh, yeah, House, something? Of, House of Wolves, I think, was one of them. And then after that, they did the Taken King, which was like a much bigger campaign uh, you know, it added a new patrol area and, and stuff. Which like you could that, buy an so. actual disc for, right? Well, and then that was that was the what second year, or whatever. There was another thing after the Taken King, also. Uh, the uh, Iron Ban- or Rise of Iron, something like that. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, Rise I, of and Iron. I was out. Oh by yeah, that Rise point, of Iron. So. That was the second year. Right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't play that one. I was out by then. Uh, so anyway, look forward to that. Uh, Bungie has confirmed it is not a leak. It is real, according to Eric Osborne, who is the marketing director. So, uh, yep, if you're not already playing it, uh, I guess just look forward to front load all that stuff once it does come out. Uh, there have already been controversies for Destiny. No fun loot caves yet this time. I've kind of been waiting for something cool like that, but uh, apparently they've got their tech pretty well locked down. However, there is currently a controversy a brewing about shaders. You guys remember shaders that allow you to sort of chroma, oh, yeah. customize the color your, of your stuff. Yeah, exactly. And you can play around with it as much as you want. Well, it turns out that in Destiny 2, shaders are single-use cosmetics. Um, and, and they're so, usable single-use per item. 
Yes. Like a a big, uh, what's the opposite of an improvement? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So shaders were fun before and you could like collect them and, you know, decide like, oh, I like this one, junk that one, whatever. Uh, The other thing about this is it kind of opens the door for that stuff to be kind of microtransaction-y, right? So uh, yeah, definitely an example of something that's uh, been fixed that that wasn't really broken, unfortunately. Uh, Bungie's Luke Smith has chimed in on it and says that shaders are earned uh, much more frequently through gameplay. After level 20, shaders drop a lot more often. Vendor rewards, destination play, and game activities. Uh, They say that they're an ongoing reward for playing. It will inspire gameplay. Uh, for the low, low price of $1.99 per... No, no, I added that, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll have to kind of wait and see. Well, if I, they... I, watched my, I watched my son. So my son was playing, and he he was playing some strike. And I'm like, you got to get off. It's time to get off and come do whatever you got to do today. You know, he'd been playing for hours, right? And uh-huh. I said, it's time to go. He's like, okay, let me just finish this strike. And so I let him finish the strike, and then he had to go turn in some some currency to get a reward or something. And end up getting a exotic helmet from a reward from whatever he had just turned in he's level 20 and whatever and so then i watched him apply all of his he so he put on this new helmet and then he had to like match all the color back up and so he went to had to go to all of his items his helmet his chest his arms his legs his uh loincloth and he had to then pick the shader for each of those and he had like in his inventory like nine blue shaders and then he applied a shader to each of those and you and they had to spend glimmer and a shader to apply it. That's way to too much part. effort. That's way too much effort. And you have to also apply it to the weapon as well. Weapons have shaders as well, which they I don't think they had in the original. I I think I prefer to go around looking like a pack of Skittles. Uh, I think I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna go with Skittles mode. Basically. Did they make well, it he, an uh, option to just like just apply this one shader to everything? Like, well, that's how the original was, right? But it yeah. seems like because I, I don't know why you would have multiple different colors applied to different items at the same time or, right? or like if you want that make that be the expert level like i just want to i just want everything to match basically. Yeah, that was the coolest part with the original it's like oh i like uh you know red and white today yeah click and then you were just red and white right? it was like the difference between like a candid photo and you never actually had to manage it you if you just always like red and white your, your stuff just always was tinted red and white you and, and did you ever accidentally like switch the shader off it's like accidentally like looking at yourself in the morning in the mirror and you're like Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I guess we'll we'll kind of wait and see if Bungie reverses their decision on that. But uh, yeah, that's that's what's been going I, on. I, I think we have yet to see. Maybe you know people were kind of pitchforking about that a little too soon. So maybe it is okay. You know. Yeah. Uh, by the time you hit end game, and if you're actually serious into Destiny Are and play the way, suggesting that people those would overreact, uh, you know, preemptively. On the internet, uh, people are tend to do things I, like that. I've never seen that. Anyway, <laughs> awesome segue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, what else have we got going on in the world? Oh, here's a thing. South Park's uh, the fractured but whole uh, derriere. Uh, South Park <laughs> games <laughs> difficulty rating um, is apparently ties. It apparently ties the difficulty that you set the game to to the character of your color's skin in in South Park. <laughs> so this is a little bit of. Uh, uh, timely, uh, trenchant. Uh, this was my favorite piece of news that came out this week. Um, <laughs> and I, I watched a little video of it in in play here, and it basically it, it gives you the you know the the standard sort of video game selector difficulty um, menu, right? And as you move from uh, like e- very easy, I think on the left, over to like very difficult on the right, there's like f- I think about five or six shades of uh, flesh tones, all the way from like you know pearly white albino i guess all the way on the left to uh like ebony like very dark um like sub-saharan african on the right (laughs) and and you know so of course the idea is that is that as the um the difficulty of the game goes up your character's skin tone gets darker so i think what they're trying to intimate is that uh, you know, it, life can be more difficult for people with darker skin tones. I think. That's Although the albino the, thing does, like, if you get too far to one side, I think it kind of wraps. Back it just kind of loops gets, back. Yeah, yeah, it gets a, totally. it gets a little bit, a little bit more difficult. Again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the funny, funny thing about it is that uh, this was sort of a, um, you know, a few. I mean, how long ago was it? Like, maybe not even a year ago. But there was this. Um, uh, 
an idea by uh, an author named John Scalzi, and actually I'm looking at this back in 2012, uh, a, a piece that he did called Straight White Male, The Lowest Difficulty Setting There Is. And, oh, yeah. you know, I, and actually I thought that was, I thought that was kind of cool. And like, I think a lot of people on social media sort of gravitated to that and thought like, oh yeah, okay, that's cool. Well, we can South decide Park, like being, you know, being white. But now, now that South Park is doing it now, it is. Fingers on the pulse. Yes. Uh, uh, these, they have, <laughs> definitely out to, now. Definitely but they, they took off that. the, um, I guess the, the like sexuality axis, right? So they're, they're just doing a straight, uh, X, Y, X axis, whereas they're leaving off the, the Y portion, right? Right. Or like then. I think they sort of joked too that uh, it won't affect it won't affect combat, but just every other aspect of your life. <laughs> yeah, I was reading or I, I was hearing some in combat. It's actually that. probably easier to be, you know. And they were saying like everybody that, in the uh, NBA is black, right? That's like you know all athletes. Yeah, and they like to beat people up. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they were saying that uh, there was they were actually saying that. As far as like the the battle system goes, and like the the rolling of the dice and all that stuff, it doesn't have any effect. But what it has an effect on is the social aspects of like the role playing with, you know, talking to other people in the world and how they react to the things that you do. And um, so I don't know if there's I don't know if that game has like a reputation system or something. But I would. I, would I mean, if they put that, that much work into it, effective. kudos to them. Uh, yeah, but they probably didn't. It's probably just a, a yeah, you know, probably not. I don't know. It's probably just a stunt that they're doing. Uh, so the next thing on here is uh, EA. Uh, apparently, there's an EA developer out there saying that the Nintendo Switch hardware is, quote, is very difficult um, to to develop for, it would seem like. Uh, this guy, um, he's a developer on the FIFA 18 game, uh, producer Andre Lazarescu. And um, his words were... Um, in the context of talking about the the, uh, the 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 journey mode that EA is putting in their sports games these days, where you play as like kind the of storyline, uh, yeah, it's sort of the single player story campaign, which I've heard for, that's pretty good actually. Sports that, games, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard you know different things, but the my my son told me his favorite uh, football team now is the Colts, and that's the team that's featured in the storyline of Madden, which he played through. Huh, okay, well there you go. Since it, there is does, no football team in Utah, it like, does move people. You know what I mean. Uh, and the Colts, that's what? That's Colorado, right? Indianapolis. Oh, what am I thinking of? Right? I don't know. It's a pistol of some kind, I'm pretty sure. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> it's a malt beverage. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what this guy was saying about that 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 mode, the journey, um, uh, and, and I guess its presence or whether it would be adapted for the Switch is that it probably would not be. Uh, and I think it has to do with the um, game engine that that game runs on on other platforms, which is the Frostbite 3 engine uh, and the seeming impossibility of getting that engine to perform on the Switch hardware, which is you know probably a little bit, a little bit underpowered for something like that, right? Um, and, and he said it would take an army of people if it were even possible. <laughs> if it were even possible. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Here, here's what I propose. Uh, the United States has a pretty big army. Um, <laughs> we can just have all of them put down their guns and tanks and get to work on FIFA 17, the journey for Switch. That's it. Uh-huh. And let's see. How Dale Jones for president, 2017. That's right. We'll install him right now. No new free-to-play taxes. Nice. Um, there, there's a cut from the early 90s uh george herbert walker bush for you if you i got you i got you there i'm picking uh, up I'm, no I'm, for, for the listeners for the listeners oh i see look up look up uh george bush not the dumb one the older one um who was also dumb yeah yeah totally <laughs> was his vice president was was the dumb one right oh man that guy was dumb anyway politics stuff of yesteryear the other thing we have going on with nintendo this week is that apparently there's a rumor if you've heard this one, guys, there's a rumor uh, that the Nintendo Switch may get an achievement system. Um, and so this uh, rumor... Uh, I, I've, yeah, I've, I, just, I I've just put up that, uh, what year is it from Jumanji? The Robin Williams, like, what year is it? <laughs> oh, man, that ship has right sailed, man. You know there's a... Do you guys you know about achievements anymore? There's a much more timely, what year is it reference, Jeremy? Oh, no. The new Jumanji yeah, oh, yeah. movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's... Yeah, it's it's is. from uh, it's from the new series uh, Twin Peaks. 
<laughs> there's a oh, yeah. there's a very a very momentous what year is it is uttered. I dropped out of that. In that uh, uh, achievements, Legrand. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take them if they're within reach, but I yeah. Yeah, I don't really care about care? achievements anymore. No, I don't. I don't care. Well, I, I did care enough that I wanted to perfect perfect all of the uh, hex cells games, and I'm still I'm working on that. Yeah, hex see, it depends. Right it depends. Like you write off achievements, but you know, every once in a while you'll yeah. Well, when there's something. like six of them, and there's that one that's like I I just I get all five for just playing through the game, and that sixth one and is there's like the one <laughs> a thirty minute worth of work. You know, I I can go ahead and do that. Question is, are you going to replay Breath of the Wild to get some achievements? Uh, you know, I haven't mm. even finished it the first time yet. Um, Me neither. I did that thing. I did that same thing with uh, Ocarina of Time, where I got like ninety percent of the way through it, and then just like haven't Stops. gone back to it. Yeah, I've done yeah. that. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. The the this rumor is coming from I guess a in a Nindy developer. Yeah. Um, who mentioned that uh, he, he says, quote, Nintendo doesn't have an official support for achievements and leaderboards like Sony or Microsoft, but we know that they're working on it. We'll see how it goes and we'll add the rankings along the way, uh, hmm. said the um, Tom Tomaszewski, uh, who is the co-owner of uh, Crunching Koalas, which is a Polish developer. Uh, and their game is called Lichtspear Double Spear Edition. Spear with two E's, which is weird, instead of an weird. EA. So anyway, I don't know. Uh, you know, Nintendo Switch. If you want achievements, maybe you're in luck, or maybe this is nothing. Yeah. Well, either way, it won't affect me. What will affect me, though, is the announcement that uh, La Noir is being re-released. You guys down with that future? Uh, kind He's- of. So I actually have La Noir on my PlayStation Three, but I have never installed nor played it. Um, but I did have the chance. I, I when played this, through part of it on the PC. I did have the chance when this was announced to listen to the soundtrack, which is pretty cool. It's got like that smoky, jazzy, like uh, nightclub kind of in the 1930s kind of thing going on. Uh, kind of a weird choice, though, by Rockstar. I mean, I would not have guessed that this would have been the thing that they were going to be releasing. Um, yeah, but, well, why not? I guess. I mean, maybe if it if the architecture since it's already on PC anyways, and architecture for PS4 and Xbox One is similar to PC, like. Seems like it could be a simple transition. Over, yeah, for right? sure. Why this one, though? If this is Rockstar's first game for the Switch, why not GTA Five? Red Dead Redemption. Would you all play GTA Five on the Switch? I totally would. Uh, I haven't played it on yeah. anything yet. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Well, the I mean, other thing is they've, uh, also, <clears throat> they've also done the VR case files, the virtual reality thing for the HTC Vive. What was that? Was that uh, L.A. Noir? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So they're doing that on uh, November 14th. It's going to have a uh, uh, their first steps. I'm sorry, their first steps into virtual reality with seven select cases from the original game uh, just done in VR. Oh, well, so you can see that guy from Mad Men like right in your face. When you when you, you select them, like, the doubt make their weird option. faces like oh yeah yeah exactly and then when you select the doubt option and the guy like comes across the table at you to choke you or something because you doubted him or whatever. Sounds pretty good. Uh, also, Resident Evil 7 is getting a gold edition. That just includes the DLC. Uh, they had like a couple... What were they called? The D, uh, Whatever they were called. They were called something. The DLC. Oh, banned footage. Um, oh, yeah. Resident Evil 7. That's like probably my game of the year so far, by the way. Resident Evil 7. Wow. So uh, I have not played the DLC, but it is fantastic, especially in, in virtual reality. Um, so, yeah, if you care, I mean... Why not? I guess this is their Game of the Year edition, so that's coming out. Uh, also, Bayonetta and Vanquish um, is coming out with a bundle uh, this November. Um, Together. For PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Uh, of course, Bayonetta 2 could never be a part of the bundle because that was a Wii U exclusive, a Nintendo-funded yeah. joint. If it was, a, joint, if it was right? a Switch bundle, you could you could do uh, Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2. That'd be pretty good. I would kind of be yeah. that. They were kind of like hinting at that a that few a bad idea. ago as well. So. That may actually be forthcoming. Yeah, I uh, I secretly love... It's not a secret, I guess. I love the Nintendo Switch, though. It's like my favorite console of all time, maybe. It's Whoa. so good. I don't know. The, the, the concept is my favorite concept of all time. Cause <laughs> being able to play like games on my trips and mm. traveling and the same games at home on my TV is amazing. So Pretty anything cool. that they can bring to the Switch... I am all for that. Skyrim? 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, totally, I'm totally buying Skyrim for nice. the Switch, for sure. Nice. Very good. Uh, so back to the uh, regular news of the week. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but a few months ago we had talked about the Counter-Strike Go lottery controversy where they were doing uh, skins and uh, people were not disclosing that they were running basically gambling websites that might have exposed minors to the, the ills of gambling. Uh, well, uh, this was, and specifically here, it was uh, a couple of YouTubers, Trevor Martin and uh, T-, T. Martin and Pro Syndicate, uh, Tom, Tom Castle, uh, were accused of uh, promoting that uh, lottery site without disclosing their personal interest in it. The FTC basically has decided that uh, they themselves will not really get any particular punishment, uh, although there will be some uh, tightening of the rules for transparency for influencers. Um, it uh, indicates here, according to the statement, uh, if an influencer is endorsing a brand and have a material connection to the marketer, this must be clearly and conspicuously disclosed unless the connection is already clear from the context of the endorsement. Um, so basically, these guys kind of get away with it, I guess. So, you know. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. People are doing some stupid stuff. We actually cut PewDiePie from, from this week's news, but uh, YouTubers are just being YouTubers, I guess. Uh, Steam is also being Steam. Uh, the number of games released on Steam in 2017 could top 5,000 titles released, which is the most ever in a single year. And is ridiculous. It is way ridiculous. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily mean that we're getting better games either. In fact, I, I would suggest that maybe almost the opposite is true. Uh, the year to date already, uh, and we're like, what, September, is already more than everything that was released in 2015. We've actually talked about this in the past. It creates this curation problem uh, where, you know, how do you decide what is going to get airtime in front of people? Um, yeah, you know, 1,300 games have popped up since June's launch of Steam Direct, which was the replacement for Steam Greenlight that lets people publish on Steam without going through an approval process. Uh, so I don't know. Check in next year, and it'll probably be even more hairy than that um so i I don't know i yeah what do you do what what is the solution is i mean is it a problem first of all and second of all is there a solution well uh it's not a problem for me because i don't buy anything on steam unless it's like nor are you trying to sell your game on steam right yeah right that's true Uh, you know eventually you just get so democratized that it just everything comes to a halt promotion gets really hard to do actually selling things making money out there when you're spending you know when people are splitting their dollars um you know only the biggest stuff gets the promotion anyway um, I don't know. Well, I mean, the promotion on Steam itself, right? Yeah. There's plenty of avenues outside of Steam. I, sure. I, I would argue that unless you're in that top banner, promotion on Steam may not be the best place to spend your money. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just in general, getting mindshare from people, uh, you know, when, when you're one of 5,000 games that release in a year, 5,000 is a lot. Uh, and, you know, we may be a little bit oversaturated. Maybe. Maybe. And it's not going to get better, though, is the problem. So should, you know, and and I don't know, no situation seems to be ideal. Uh, Steam took a lot of heat, or Valve took a lot of heat for Steam Greenlight. Uh, Even the people who were participating in the Greenlight program didn't really care for it. This basically just opens up the floodgates, and I don't know. I mean, in some ways, it's hard to argue. I I guess they're not really having problems on iTunes, I guess, or is is there a problem on iTunes or Google Play? Oh yeah, well this it's this problem it's is the same so type of problem. ridiculous on the App Store that it's like nobody even talks about it anymore, right? Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. this problem on Steam. I mean the App Store was here in like 2009, yeah, <laughs> and it's just and people. It's just the people have come to live with it, and well, um, it is what it is. Actually, Apple has come down and cracked down pretty hard on on games that very closely imitate other games or apps in general. Um, I know this because we've been having problem with our app submissions for what we do for work, and it's because of a new policy they released this year at WWDC. To, it's because there's a lot of shovelware and spam apps that just yeah. get submitted to the App Store, and Apple is now rejecting apps that mimic other apps. Like, yeah. like for example, when Flappy Bird came out, and all of a sudden there was like 30 other Flappy Bird games, right? Yeah. Like. Or, or, you Apple know, what happens no a lot is it's like, uh, like here's like something that looks like the game, but it's actually like, this is a guide for that game, but it still uses the art from that game. So is that actually that game? I've actually downloaded something once because I thought that I was looking at the game, but it was actually like, no, no, hot tips for this game. Um, so that stuff happens a lot, too. That's only on the so, Android store. Yeah, it could be. No, that, could that be. happens on iOS, too, actually. There's all <laughs> kinds of stupid crap up that there. That was just a jab at Jeremy and his damn Android phone. Android forever, Android forever. 
Um, so I don't know, lots of weird stuff coming out, uh, including on Steam, which there was actually a little bit of heat about this, a 2D brawler uh, that basically lets you fight as different religious figures of the uh, primary religions around the world. Uh, it's a 2D fighting game called Fight of the Gods, and it allows you to pit deities from various pantheons, and that includes uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Buddha. I saw a, uh, yeah, I saw a Buddha up there. Odin, Zeus, Anubis. Um so uh, all, all of these, uh, you know, and some of these are actual live religions that people actually proscribe to. And it turns out that uh, in Malaysia, they decided they were going to block all of Steam over this because, uh, you know, it's potentially offensive to people. Uh, they uh, basically um, pretty much shut down the whole thing. So uh, one of the religious leaders in Malaysia, Maud Azri Zainul Abidin, told The Sun that the Malaysian government should immediately ban the game or block the download link to avoid the potential of religious tension in the country any religion and religious leaders who are rational would downright condemn the game as I'm sure no religion encourages violence and fighting against each other uh Wait, I don't know. are you sure about that dude <laughs> I don't know I'm, I don't know man <laughs> I'm a Christian I'm kind of down for it like uh let's let, bring it on I, I, I kind of think I need to play this it's on early access and is currently on sale for four dollars and 79 cents yeah. that may be worth a purchase it, it does look a little bit cheap I mean it's uh, you know like it's not like a super high quality it's game probably right now, not good no I doubt but... it I sincerely doubt it but uh eventually uh this was uh rescinded and uh Valve now is uh <laughs> the trailer dude yeah one final challenger arrived the son of god yeah exactly there's jesus christ beating up <laughs> all sorts of stuff why do you wait great. until like the final challenger to introduce jesus you want him in like top billing right like right i know like, like uh, jesus versus muhammad versus you know i don't know just get right into the thick of it yep. two thousand years ago oh man yeah so check out that trailer uh he in, saved uh, us all <laughs> these trailers are great man you guys can check these out in, anyway in less weighty matters uh in uh in seattle they've actually unveiled a pac-man park it's kind of neat it's a, a big um kind of a big open area with uh padded uh flooring kind of that's cushy flooring and they actually have recreated a pac-man maze there and uh it's kind of neat you can actually go and uh, play with your weird friends a game of pac-man um so, I don't know. If you live in Seattle, uh, take some fun selfies. Uh, dress up in, in your favorite um, Pac-Man attire and go do some Pac-Man. Uh, the very last item of news for this week, according to Nintendo, uh, this is uh, a recently updated profile on the Japanese Nintendo page. Mario is now no longer a plumber. Uh, we have kind of understood for years and years that Mario going through the pipes was kind of an indication of his profession. Um, it's actually been a point of some controversy. You know, originally, when Mario appeared as Jumpman, he was more of a carpenter, I think, at that point. So br bringing it back uh, to the topic just a minute ago, uh, Mario... What was weird is that now he's, he's going to be a full-time YouTuber now, which is yeah. kind of strange. <laughs> and I'd, hopefully he will disclose his ties uh, to Nintendo, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, so they've basically taken that out of his profile. So now he's just like a guy in some overalls who just has some adventures, I guess. So uh, I don't know. Mario's done some some light handyman work in uh, Paper Mario and the, and the Mario and Luigi games. Um, if he has been up a, a plumber up until this point, it hasn't really been something overt that he's done a lot of. He Do you think Mario tunes everybody's carts for them? You know, when they I don't race. No, I kind of feel like Mario is like the super prima donna who doesn't actually do anything, but is kind of on the front of uh, you we think know, it's all like the promotion Toad who takes care of all the cards. yeah oh yeah dude mario doesn't yeah. do mario doesn't do anything absolutely not and he's definitely not a plumber anymore so if you had it in your head that he was uh, a working man uh get that out of your head because uh mario now is um you know basically independently wealthy and doesn't have mario's to do changed man i remember yeah. when he was down to earth fighting monkeys yeah. you know i don't know jumping on turtles whatever so that's all the news that we have for this week well, let's move straight on into uh, new releases and uh, patches and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And the big things we have this week, um, I took a look at the list and it's, you know, a, a little bit light actually for kind of thin. December, for, <laughs> for December especially. Uh, no, actually, it's about par for December, uh, but, but right now it's September. So it makes me wonder kind of like what's, maybe everybody's just kind of getting out of the way of, uh, of Destiny. Destiny, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, one thing we do have releasing is uh, for the Switch, it's the Rayman Legends Definitive Edition. Uh, I'm not sure what makes it definitive. Does it include Rayman Origins with it? 
or probably or like the I, I'm, I think there was DLC for that game. Oh, okay. um, maybe it just has all the DLC. It, it does up. seem a little bit like Rayman Legends is cool and it's good, but I I don't know. It's kind of weird that they would release a definitive edition. I guess it's just another opportunity if people are going to buy your game just with a different skew. Maybe. You know, uh, these big, like, AAA publishers, these, they really do love just releasing and re-releasing and re-releasing stuff these days, yeah. which, I mean, fair play. You know, I mean, this that game originally was a Wii U game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Rayman and, you know, Legends. they put a lot of effort and money into it, so if you can get somebody to buy it again with a different and title. And you know nobody bought it on the Wii U. I mean, yeah, just, for sure. Come on. For so, sure. This yeah, is another one of those port jobs, absolutely. And actually, I'm all for, especially in the case of Wii U to Switch, I'm all for just, like... Just go ahead and just put everything just that portable, was on sure. the Wii U on the Switch, right? Absolutely. And let's just call it a, a mulligan or something. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but there's a there's a note here to not buy <laughs> the I, I added this <laughs> the Switch version of Double Dragon Four. Is that just because Double Dragon Four is a bad game? Double Dragon Four is bad. Uh, it and is because Jeremy bought it and it, yeah, Double Dragon Four. I, I I'm always I always have high hopes for Double Dragon games, but they always end up being really bad. One of the worst games that I ever played was Double Dragon to wander of the dragons or something and then double what? dragon four is like yeah this is gonna be great and then it kind of wait, wait what was good. what was that double dragon two thing you were wander of that, the dragons where where did you play that That was on the xbox 360 and it was so what? bad it was so bad what that can't even, on the xbox three like on xbox live arcade yeah 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 it was in a live arcade game and it was well there was already a double dragon 2 and it was a cool game so like what the hell happened yeah I, well i think it was supposed to be like a kind of like the true sequel or something or like you know something in the in the main line uh it was just it was just really bad it was super disappointing i couldn't even believe that it had been released uh so same thing with double dragon 4 it's been released uh, for 6.99 on the nintendo switch uh do not buy it and you can skip it okay yeah. well i guess that's good enough save you seven dollars on the uh, vita we have wow is this that's weird. It's coming out on Vita. Did this already come out on everything else? Uh, Ease Eight Lacrimosa of Dana, which I I don't. You guys know what a lacrimosa is? I, I have no idea. No, it sounds pretty cool though. Uh, is Dana a like person? Sadness. Dana. I think this is actually about Ghostbusters. Uh, Dana. Dana. Yeah, there's no Dana. Zool? There's only Zool. Yeah. Hmm. So lacrimosa pretty, pretty is sure. about sadness. Yeah. Lacrimosa. Okay. Sure. All right. Cool. Uh, it's the eighth Ease game, I guess. I'm Although sure there's, there's probably some Ease guide in. Well, there's like Ease Origin, right? So like, where does that fit in? Is that like Zero? Is that? Uh, is yeah, that it's like one? a prequel. Yeah. Um, on the 3DS, this is a game that I first saw, or when I first saw it, I thought, oh, that looks pretty interesting. Um, and I would kind of like to to you know check it out or whatever. Maybe there's a demo, but uh, uh, for the 3DS, uh, Monster Hunter Stories is coming out, and this is. Um, not your typical Monster Hunter game. Um, it yeah. is. It looks a lot like like a Dragon Quest game in terms of its graphical presentation, where everything's that sort of cartoonish look. It's kind of bright and colorful. Uh, it's got like a kind of spiky-haired protagonist, and um, from what I've heard, which is very little, it, but that it's it's more of like a, almost like a Pokemon style game yeah. than a Monster Hunter, which. Or maybe they have Monster Hunter Combat still, but it has the Pokemon stuff. Yeah, I think or you just collect your monsters, basically. Is it, which... And it's a it's a turn based RPG sort of thing. Uh, I believe so. Which that's ve- that's very different from Monster Hunter, of course. Um, sure. But uh, I did also hear that it was good. So, you know. I too have heard this. Uh, I think thirty nine ninety nine is a little steep, personally. Yeah, I, but I never pay forty bucks for a three DS game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, LeGrand, you want to tell us about the, uh, patches and sales and stuff? Yeah. So free game on origin, steam world dig. Y'all played this game? Yes. yes I, I played it's this. It's pretty good. Yes, it is. Good. A, I get cool it for game. free on steam. I think it's best on portable cause it's kind of that type of game, but, uh, it's a good game overall. So, uh, pick it up on free on origin. Yeah. Uh, also, um, absolver that game that I think Jared's been playing quite a bit of. Yep. Um, yep. We streamed uh, it. So they had week. a. They had a, a patch come out this supposedly fixing their connection issues as well as their matchmaking issues. Um, so that's live now. So hopefully you guys will be able to get in some multiplayer games of that on stream. Maybe Jenny? it'll work, man, because that entire stream, I was just clicking retry, retry, retry. I never got it to work. I'm mad yeah, at well, Absolver right now. but I'm Well, ready. there is a patch to fix all that. So quit your, quit your bitching. I'm ready to make it up. I'm ready to kiss and make up with Absolver. Uh, as far as sales go, the Xbox is having a big sale uh, on 
of all things, Capcom, Sega, and Atlas. Just a big sale of a bunch of games yeah. focusing on those three <laughs> publishers. Uh, so there's a bunch of things going on there. Well, Atlas um, and Sega are the same <laughs> company now. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah. Like or Sega, Sega and Atlas, Atlas, or Sega bought oh, okay. Atlas a while back. So it's a Sega and Capcom sale. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple um, good ones on here. Um, Unravel for five bucks. That's what I paid for it. Definitely worth it. Uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst for five bucks. I've kind of been waiting for that price on the PlayStation. Yeah, that's um, a that's a new Mirror's Edge game, right? Yeah. That mm-hmm. it just kind of released and nobody remembered. Yeah, right? I think or, people didn't really dig like everyone demanded a Mirror's Edge game and then nobody remembered when it came out. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, um, Mountain Blade Warband, which I didn't even know was on the Xbox One, is eight dollars. So it's on a sixty percent off sale. Well, I think Jared's picking up an Xbox, Xbox One just for that. Yeah, the uh, Mega uh, Man Legacy Collection, six bucks. Yeah, there's some things. So go over to your Xbox One, log into that, and find the sales tab. Who knows where it is, but uh, you'll find it eventually. And um, and look at the sales for the. I Xbox just buy one. all my on the, honestly. On, I buy on the all PlayStation my Xbox Four. Stuff. Yeah, I buy all my Xbox stuff on their web interface. I never, oh yeah, I with, never with your office with your office equipment. You got to use sense. the office equipment for some kind of clicking. Uh, on the PlayStation Four, it's a lot easier to find out where the sales are. I mean, the, the store button is just right there, right yep. up front. Yep, uh, yep. But you can find there, and there's some sales going on there. Uh, you can pick up Dark Souls Three for twenty four dollars, uh, which I have a sealed copy of that I <laughs> kind of need to play. Same at some point. Yep. Um, bunch of other stuff. They have a, they have a Bandai Namco sale going on. Yeah, yeah Pac Man Championship, Championship Edition. Edition two. And, of course, while you're in there, make sure you snag Hotoful Boyfriend for the low cost of free if you're a PlayStation Plus user. Oh, yeah. Cuckoo. Uh, and that's it. Those are all your notable notable sales and other things. Very nice. Uh, well, we do have a topic this week. Um, and There was a little bit of a lively discussion before we started recording on this. Uh, so, specifically relating to Destiny 2, uh, but also any sort of online, live, MMO, if you will, sort of game. Uh, talking about the storytelling and the presentation of cutscenes and stuff in those games um, and how that meshes with the actual playing of the game. And then particularly with Destiny to Destiny 2, the change of the lore presentation from like the Grimoire card ideal, um, the, the cards that you would go to like an external app or website to look up and read the little bits of lore versus how they're doing it in Destiny 2, which is which is what? How are they doing it, Jeremy? Kind of like more like here's, I mean, more like a Call of Duty game or something. More like, hey, you know, here's Sergeant So-and-So and you're going to go off to this, do this mission. And, uh, you know, which they had a little bit of in, in More cutscenes? More kinda, embedded cutscenes? Like, kind of. Um, there are a couple of other things they do. Uh, the patrol areas, which used to be basically, you know, wide open, kind of more or less open world areas with essentially like little beacons that you'd go to to do sort of like no name missions like oh go scout this place go stand there while a counter counts up or uh you know kill kill 12 guys and and get their pickups or or whatever um now they've all in destiny 2 added in the patrol areas um actual story-esque kinds of missions where there's uh you know dialogue and people talking to you over your radio and those kinds of things so they definitely are trying to make more of an effort to to make things less generic I, i guess um, but I, I guess in the sense of ludonarrative dissonance, and I, I kind of burned up a bunch of my time on Wednesday's show talking, about, instead of talking about the game, just talking about this idea of, of this storytelling thing. The problem is that storytelling in games kind of has this weird thing anyway, where because of things like player agency, I mean, ludonarrative dissonance is the idea that, uh, through play... Uh, the, the player can do all kinds of things. Like, you know, Gordon Freeman running around hitting people with a crowbar while they're explaining that the Combine is, is doing something or they've got to go to Ravenholm or or whatever. And, they, like, they, do, they don't, we don't notice. We don't go there no more. Yeah, exactly. Jeremy. Nobody goes to Ravenholm. Yeah, we don't go there. Um, but but the, the story that has been pre-prepared by the developers clashes at points with what the player wants to do. Uh, and, and you end up with that problem kind of on very small scale, but then you can also end up with it, you know, kind of like I would suggest in Destiny 2 where, um, y- you know, like the MMO thing where, uh, you know, everybody get in line because you're the chosen one. So come come talk to this NPC who tells you that you're the chosen one. All right, now next, you know, next chosen one. But, come, but come Destiny on. doesn't present it that way. Even Destiny and other MMOs in general, like you are a guardian of many guardians that exist. Correct. That's right. right? Destiny 1 does that. 
That's right. Which you, you, you're never the only guy. I mean, well, 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 clearly your narrative or your storyline presents it that way. Right. The Also, the overarching story exists that you are one of many potential guardians. Or yes. in, in the case of like a World of Warcraft, they've even drifted further towards this idea where uh, all of the players that are playing in the world are part of this group of people who are trying to you know, beat down the big bad guy, right? And even in the cutscenes, and even in the cutscenes and story parts, it's like, oh, here's a group of people of which you are one of that are trying to fight, you know, Illidan. Wow, actually, lets the hero characters do stuff. Like, like, you know, King Varian gets to die. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, what's what's her name? Sylvanas gets to you know shoot an arrow at a guy or, or something like that, right? And like they are the ones who get to land the final blows. Um, you know what I mean? And, and and they will participate with you in some of the fights, even right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's when it works the best is when they are kind of aware of the fact that uh, you know we've got a you know thousand people playing this game uh, and they're going to be doing exactly the same missions so why not make it you know clearly they're walking around in a world with lots of other people so why not set it up so that it maintains that illusion that you know have, have that be part of the story exactly right? exactly exactly so i mean the, the thing with destiny is that people just were concerned like dale said at the beginning that you know the lore or whatever was not presented front and center but rather was sort of discretionary um and, you know, the question is, does story even matter? I mean, people like, uh, you know, he, he comes up from time to time, Ian Bogost, who is, you know, there's definitely a, a school of people out there who says games should never have story. Games are at their best when it's, you know, Tetris or Dig Dug or, uh, I mean, even Dig Dug, I guess you could say maybe, you know, there's a whole, there's actually a whole Dig Dug cinematic universe as well, but uh, <laughs> there, there really is. There literally is, like, all of these different Namco things what? all tie in. I'll tell you what I'm interested in with specifically with Destiny to Destiny 2. Do you feel like Destiny 1 might have been better for having it out of the way? Or do you think it's a detriment to Destiny 2 at all? Or is it just kind of like six of one, half dozen of the other? Yeah, I think it's more like six of one, half dozen of the other. I think it was less of a problem than people made it to be at the time. And now that, that Bungie has, has gone the other way with it and has made it more of a discrete story, I think you just end up with different problems that are, you know, again, not game-breaking problems. It doesn't, you know, throw you out of your immersion, but it's just a different way of doing it that is also kind of weird. Uh, you know, it's just, there's just different weirdness that you get when you do things in, in different ways. And, and it kind of brings up the question, or, you know, you, you kind of have to start asking, well, how important is story in games? And, and, you know, back on Wednesday, I talked about this too, because this came up with Titanfall. And people said, you know, the first Titanfall would have sold a lot better if the story had been, if they had had a dedicated campaign, if they had had a, a story mode along with it. And it's kind of funny how, you know, I, I mean, video game players, gamers, are not one unified body, right? Like, we're not all together on just about anything. Uh, but, you know, out of one side of our mouth, we say, well, games don't matter. Or, I'm sorry, we say that, uh, well, story doesn't matter. And out of the other side of our mouth, we, you know, talk about how, well, it's a lot more immersive. It engages me a lot more when I care about what's going on, when I feel like there's a reason for me to do something. Um, And I think I fall more in that camp. I I really, I do like games to tell me a story. There are definitely situations where my story is made by me. You know, if you're playing Minecraft, for example, or Terraria, and, you know, you forge your own little story just by virtue of playing, and, you know, here's the house that I set up, and then a zombie came, and I killed it, but, oh, man, now I've got to block that that cavern off. And, you know, those things are kind of cool, too, and I think they're different, and I think there's a place for all of that. But I think the more we try and fiddle with it, sometimes it just gets weirder. You know, it's just like, we don't really solve the problem. We just kind of change it. Let let me tell you just a personal anecdote about destiny in general. Like destiny one was a good game. uh, Just a loot, the loot and the social aspect of playing with my friends, the challenges of running the raids and the strikes and the nightfall strikes or whatever. And all that stuff was great in spite of, um, the uh, story being the way that it was, right? Yeah, uh, sure. Being being kind of um, you know, obscure and abstract, and oh, there's a there's a thing, and you're just trying to beat these bad guys, and that right. was basically all that the general average player who didn't go and look into it knew about, right? Yeah. Um, six months ago, you tell me, you know, Destiny Two is coming out. I could have cared less about Destiny Two, like. 
my my boy plays it. He's like whatever. And now Destiny Two's out, and people are saying the story is more like a Halo story. I am more interested in Destiny Two now, and in fact, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to play. I'll probably play through the story on PlayStation Four before the PC even comes out. But I am more interested in that now, just because of that easier to follow arc of a story um, than I was six months ago when Destiny Two. Yeah. I didn't know what it was going to be, right? Um, I probably would, if Destiny 2 was just like Destiny 1 again, which is like another loot grab, I probably wouldn't care. And I probably wouldn't play it. But now I'm probably, I'm going to play it for sure. Yeah, it definitely has a pull. I think that stuff definitely matters. And I think that when a story is bad, the interesting thing is I don't think it completely turns you off of that experience. Like you'll still roll your eyes and play it, but you notice that it's bad. And... um. I don't know, we can sort of overlook that stuff because we enjoy the idea of being somebody different or being in a, in a position or, or hearing a story or experiencing a story that is cool and, and unique and makes you feel powerful for having done it. Um, and I think that in some ways, games without stories, they, they lose a little bit of, of something, you know? I mean, Tetris is way fun and mechanically super addictive and you could play it all day long and always come back to it and, and always enjoy it. But you don't spend a lot of time in your mind space thinking about Tetris or talking about it or sharing stories of, about Tetris, about that great, you know, four-piece block that you drop down. Um, the, part of the They're all four-piece blocks. Yeah, 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 okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> the, the long piece, I guess, you know, getting, getting that Tetris. Um, the fun of it and part of the communal participation that we get is from being able to talk about, like, the cool things. Like, oh, remember when that guy did this and then... You know, remember when Metroid learned how to crawl or, or you know, Die Hard jumped out the window? Um, you, you know, those are the things that I, I think really stick with us and that we come back and identify with. Uh, and, and I think by and large, like if you look at the people who go to gaming conventions and dress up, you know, they're dressing up like characters and, and things that they care about because it connected with them while they were playing it. And it, it blends the two best parts of the interactive experience together, I think. Well, there's a couple of cases where gameplay will completely overtake any sort of a storyline, right? Like, Player Unknown Battlegrounds has absolutely no story. Yeah. Like, you have no idea. You're in a plane, you're dropped on an island, and you start killing everybody, right? right. That's basically it. And the gameplay itself has completely overshadowed any thought or any idea that there could be any sort of narrative. Like, you just don't care. Like, yeah, and it's furthermore, if there, if there were a story, it would probably be terrible. Right, there right. would be no place and, for it. To the to the point where you know, player known has said that they plan on, or they they may be working on some sort of a single player content. But who who cares, man? Nobody cares about that in that game because that game. To, I never wanted chess to have a story. Right, but maybe Check if it had me. a great story, you'd love it. I don't know. But there's certain there's certain games that are driven because of the story, like Resident Evil Seven, for example. Like yeah. me and all of my friends, we when we were all playing that game, we were all playing it in VR. There was probably five or six of us. We all played it together at about the same time, and we would come in and we would have conversations with each other about certain parts of that story. Where in Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, you're having conversations about something that about some emergent gameplay that happened exactly. And yeah. I, I think that there's kind of two separate. You know, no, I just separate. had I just had an epiphany. It was like, like, can you imagine if you were playing like The Witcher Three, but there was no story? I mean, it'd practically be Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but Sky, but uh, Skyrim has. A, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you get weird stuff with Skyrim too. Like that's where the ludonarrative dissonance comes in. It's like I've got to save the world. But I've got a hundred hours of side quests I got to do, so everybody just like sit <laughs> yeah. tight for just a minute. Like that eclipse, that eclipse to, might be coming. I become the leader of the thieves guild, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I I'm don't know. Steal some stuff, and and that's kind of where I come back around on this. I mean, back to the Destiny Two thing. I I don't feel like it's better or it's worse. It's just different, and it and it's just one of those things where at the end of it, like it's fun to talk about, it. and I don't even mind talking about. It. I mean, even even the idea of stories in games is kind of fun to even just chew on this idea, like we are right this minute. But with something like Destiny versus Destiny Two, once de- once I've had a chance to taste Destiny Two, I come back and I think, well, you know, was it really worth all of the drama before, like all of the think pieces and the articles about it, like it. It just kind of doesn't really make a big difference how much you like it or don't like it, because there's still that other part that you can enjoy w- without any of it. So, 
Um, I don't know. I don't know that it's a problem that'll ever necessarily be solved, quote-unquote. Um, and I think there's a place for games of all types with regards to story. Um, but I think just in general, I think... I don't think there is a base level incompatibility between a curated, um, given story versus the player's emergent experience. I think those things can be... Uh, they can be held in tension together, and I think we can enjoy it no matter what. It's kind of where I land on it. Yeah. Uh, in, in the case of Destiny, um, I think that since the game revolves around you living in a world and fighting bad guys, and I think that having that narrative background is important, where in a game like PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds, where it's completely... 100% competitive, I think that, that it's not necessarily as important. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and e even e even in the case of like a like a StarCraft, right? It's more interesting because you know of the conflict between those StarCraft. characters. StarCraft, that's, that's interesting because StarCraft is one of many games that has a discrete story-based mode and then it has a completely separate non-story-based competitive mode. Yeah. Right. So, which absolutely would make no sense in the in the context of the, of the right. Campaign. You could you could maybe do the thing that like like war gamers try to do, where they'll say like this battle is part of this overarching war between these two forces, right. and it comes to a head at this place, and yada yada yada. But it's just it's just a battle, right? Right. Um, and I think I think in StarCraft we have that sort of dichotomy that you know that's that's two that's the both types of video games in one right it's like the it's like the heavily story supported uh story campaign where the story actually drives the the action and and the reason why you're doing these things and the reason why you're in these weird situations and then you have the competitive mode that is entirely storyless but uses a lot of the same yeah. game story. pieces and mechanics right so yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah, well, I think uh, I think we've we've pretty well uh, chewed over that one, and but I, but I think there is one thing that we can all agree on, which is that uh, when there is a story, better dialogue, please, 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 better better some better writing, please, if you please. Which uh, listeners, I understand that you might also think about the Game Bite Show podcast. Better dialogue, please. Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> uh, but we certainly appreciate having had you along for this top of the week ride through the news and the new releases and our special topic. Uh, we will be back in just a few days' time to talk to you about the video games that we've been playing. That'll be in the middle of the week, so we look forward to having you with us then. Uh, if you have any comments about ludonarrative dissonance or any of the story items that we talked about this week or a slight change in format, uh, let us know about that on Twitter. You can uh, find us on Twitter over at GameBytesShow. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. You can find me at Legrand. And I am at Count Elmdor. Our fourth man, Jared Dunn, is at R-E-D underscore I. And as we've alluded, Jared is in charge of doing our Twitch.tv streams over Twitch.tv slash Show. Go subscribe over there and uh, get notified when we go live. Uh, you can also find the archives of our stuff over at YouTube.com slash Show. Look at all of our good good old stuff that we've got over there on YouTube. A uh, couple of years worth, at least, of uh, fun gameplay. And, uh, you know, if you want to make any suggestions, let us know. Uh, be aware, be advised, that Extra Life is upcoming here sooner than you think. And uh, we've got a nice little team going on. If you'd like to join us in our endeavors to play video games and help sick children uh, by donating money to children's hospitals all over the country and uh, possibly Canada as well, uh, you can find our team over at extra-life.org slash team slash show. You can find Jared and his his uh, little uh, cadre of compadres uh, there, and uh, maybe join up if you are interested in donating money, if you're interested in donating time, we certainly welcome that, or you can just donate some airtime and tweet about it on social media, share it with your friends and family, uh, get them involved, it's for a good cause. Uh, visit us over on the web, www.gamebyteshow.com, subscribe there, find all of our back catalog of podcasts, lots of good stuff there as well, and uh, like I said, look forward to us again in just a few days, we'll be back here to talk to you about games that we've been playing. Until then, this has been your Game Byte Show podcast, Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. See ya. What we love today, we'll lose tomorrow. But I won't need to wait for my share of sorrow. Cause I always kill the things I love. I won't need to wait for my share of sorrow. Cause I always.
kill the things I love.